I think I've been I've had problems with food uh, for about five years yeah um, and I've I've always like I've gone through waves of you know learning how to eat intuitively and mm-hmm. uh, I've made a lot of progress and then sometimes you know like last last year I relapsed pretty hard mm-hmm. where I started to listen to diet culture again um, mm-hmm. and uh, you just like things affect you differently in your life like you yeah. might fully recover and then you might relapse 20 years later because something happened mm-hmm. um, and I think accepting the fact that yeah you know it's a hard one with food as well because I mean if you're addicted to alcohol you quit yes. drinking but you can't quit food you can't have you need it to survive yeah welcome to Mahan's blogcast this week we have another interview with Yaz Matthews she is a chef a creative and a mental health advocate and we have a very emotional and deep conversation about social media young people uh, eating disorders and self-love this one is definitely gonna turn over some stones for you so keep the tissues handy and I hope you enjoy it. But so, I guess we should just recap first, maybe over yeah. the tragic events that took place yesterday yeah. afternoon. It, it might be too soon, though. Yeah, I don't know if we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after an hour of some of the most beautiful podcasting that has ever been done, ever, ever, and we realised the laptop had ran out of battery and ceased to exist. <laughs> And <laughs> as a result, we lost that particular podcast. Yeah, as you can hear in our voices, we're the, we're really over it. The ravages of time. The hysteria has kicked in. Yeah. So now we're going to do it again, word for word, with nothing different. You won't miss at a all. thing, we promise you. It will be exactly the same, except better. Are we even sure it's recording now? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope so. <laughs> is, it, is it? Okay. okay. All right. We got our sound guy, Brian, here monitoring. Hey, internet. Hey, internet. Yeah, so to start off with, for the people at home, how would you describe yourself? Um, I would describe myself, which is always such a difficult question to, to ask. Know, I'm yeah, you on the spot so <laughs> yeah. much. Um, I suppose I'm quite funny, um, if yep. I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be as authentic as I can. Legit. Um, down to earth, uh, aesthetic, aesthetic Caring. as fuck caring i'm yeah. very caring yeah. yeah quite a kind person um and yeah that's that's probably a good summary yeah that sounds good sounds good and with social media you're way better at it than i am i'm even last night i was thinking about oh, you're making me blush trying to you know figure out how the hell you're supposed to do it yeah. um do you enjoy doing social media? Do you enjoy like the posting? How do you think about it? Right now in my it? life, I think it definitely changes, but I mm-hmm. definitely have <clears throat> a love-hate relationship with social media. Yeah. Um because because of the way it is, like it's so mm-hmm. addictive. I yep. definitely spend more time than I would like to using it. Yep. And I think that is the main reason why the hate side of the relationship for me is a bit more obvious right now. Probably a bit because of lockdown as well. Cause definitely. We're 24 definitely. hours a day, aren't it? Yeah. So you're connecting through your phone with everyone because you're not really able to see a lot of people mm-hmm. too. And <clears throat> it's just easy access serotonin. You know, you're bored yep. as hell. You're sat down. You're thinking about how much effort it is to do anything else other than scroll on your phone yeah. and you just sit down and scroll on your phone and you get just those little bursts of dopamine zone. yeah for sure yeah i'm kind of the same i mean my biggest issue with it i suppose is the kind of aesthetic side of it mm. i find it quite difficult to coordinate 
what looks good on social media and how I can see even with your timeline on social media you're very like there is a coordination to it Mm -hmm. and there's a certain eye for the almost like the decoration of it yeah Um, it's like it's a creative piece as well like that's one of the good sides about it that's like the love side of the relationship Mm -hmm. is I love how creative you get to be on social media obviously it has its limits Mm -hmm. but um the whole like aesthetic vibe and stuff I really enjoy creating it and sharing my life and kind of like showing like kind of my style and um and would you think of it as kind of I've heard people describe it as like sharing a journey Definitely. that you're going on for sure it's, this is how it's, you document it. it's like a digital journal that's yeah. kind of what I see it as as well because especially for someone who is a much more like visual learner I'm not really like a much of a I don't read a lot of books or anything mm-hmm. like that I'm, I watch things and I yeah. listen to things mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so having like a, a journal which is full of pictures is kind of revolutionary I think that's yeah. why so many people are drawn to it because mm-hmm. it's just like a beautiful collection of the highlights of your life yeah it's such an easier way into stuff I'm kind of just like a Neanderthal with the technology because I uh, <laughs> obviously I only got my first like proper smartphone at 25 yeah before that just had like a shitty broken iPhone yeah. 3 or something that had I'm almost jealous when I hear that I kind of wish that I hadn't grown up with social media <laughs> yeah. yeah well I mean social media for me then was just like a place to post funny drunk pictures that mm-hmm. I now look back on and I'm terrified of <laughs> <laughs> so I never really used it as like a business or as something that yeah as a tool really yeah i suppose and it seems like that's something you're quite clued into but also preserving for sure your own you know your own style in it for sure yeah i think mm-hmm. you have to try and if you just try to be the same as anybody else you're not going to stand out from the crowd yeah um especially and uh yeah i think something that social media has does have a tendency to do because mm-hmm. a certain type of thing is favored um, it kind of can like just make everyone be a bit like sheep and becomes really patty. homogenous. Well, that's interesting, yeah, because you're trying to obviously coordinate it in a way that people recognise and are drawn to, yeah. but also having your personality in it, which is obviously very individual and yeah. kind of doesn't necessarily fit in with the mold. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find it's that seems to be to be the big problem with social media? Really, is the curated life versus mm-hmm. who you actually are? Yeah, and the kind of disconnect between that yeah um, do you ever think about how I mean you're obviously much younger what age did you start on social media I think I started when I was 12 years old and yeah. it was like legally you're allowed to get Facebook and my Just mom <laughs> yeah my mom made me an email address um mm. And luckily what it was, was one the, that... What was the email address? It's just like Yasmin0011. Okay. So it it's not like, that yeah, bad. 69 at No, no. <laughs> my mum made it. Yeah, of course <laughs> yeah. it was good. Your mum was like... <laughs> I think mine was kingmccann69 at yeah. hotmail.com. Some people do here and they're <laughs> just really funny. <laughs> still have, but <laughs> haven't used for a while. Nice. Um, yeah, so I think I started with that. Yeah. Um, and then from there, just, you know, it was just Facebook, funny Facebook posts. Like, yeah. comment this number and I'll make you a collage of your photos. And yeah, yeah. and like oh like just like bitching about people just like posting yeah. stuff like oh my god this teacher was a bitch today well, yeah my mom sucks yeah everybody like mom, <laughs> give me some more dessert and blah 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 like random crap like that yeah. um which is also innocent and fun mm-hmm. and uh, then yeah from there i think whenever instagram started to take off mm-hmm. um i can't remember exactly when i got it maybe like 13 14 years yeah. old um and at that point it was only you know to connect with friends and to mm. post loads of photos of jake bug yeah. um 
Oh, okay. Did you ever find as like a youngster that when you were posting photos and stuff that you'd get like FOMO of other people? Yeah, definitely. And like that was a big thing in this book I read by Jessica Twain called iGen. Yeah. Which was that a lot of young girls um, and boys as well, but it seems to affect the girls worse in this department is that they obviously see their friends post and stuff and then you haven't been included in it or maybe yeah. you, know, you weren't invited to the party and now something that would have been maybe easier to deal with before the internet is yeah. kind of up there for everybody for sure see. for sure like i feel like that i went to an all-girls school um mm -hmm. and it definitely for a lot of years had a very very like bitchy environment yeah. between like different cliques and friends mm -hmm. and i think it's something that every girl goes through in school and do yeah. you, as you get into like your sixth form years you kind of yeah. just everyone just grows up and grows out of it yeah. and to have social media as like another way to like basically create anxiety mm. even if it's like unintentional like if your friend group didn't invite yeah. you to something yeah. or like you fell out with a girl and then you're like yeah. you saw her like making some comment online yeah it just makes yeah. it makes it a kind of a scary place to be and then yeah. you take that anxiety like back into school with you yeah. so definitely like growing up at times um was really tough luckily i i can't see myself that I really ever had a big problem with yeah, the social really anxiety and social mm -hmm. media yeah. but I definitely would remember my thinking like my self-worth um linking into social media at a very early age because yeah. you know you get to see the digital aspects of having numbers of uh, likes on your photos and numbers yeah. of followers mm -hmm. you see the popular girls in school the prettier girls having mm -hmm. more likes and more followers and then you start to associate your value to the numbers and that can be a really scary thing at early age because as mm -hmm. much as you try to break away from that it's just always a reminder that's there much into like later life and then the desire to obviously change yourself as much as possible to maximise yeah. as many likes as you get for sure and I mean I would have done that as well as a young guy in terms of you'd watch what worked and what doesn't work and it's yeah. kind of what we do with people as well if you see somebody who's really cool or somebody that you want to be like yeah you'll copy them and then implement it in your life but with social media there's so many different influences mm -hmm. that it becomes really um maybe honed in on the people that are really successful on yeah, platforms for sure and then they get kind of like promoted and it's a bit yeah. of like a vicious cycle but um to challenge that i think uh, I kind of when I first started to look at Instagram as a as a way that I think I could do it well yeah. you know make it like visually very pleasing yeah. and do it for lots of reasons which I enjoyed mm -hmm. I found that I just would try to always be as myself as I could mm -hmm. obviously I had influences from other pages mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like color schemes and what I liked and what I don't like and it's very hard to be original yeah. um, with something like Instagram completely because it's mm -hmm. one format like everything's going to be mm -hmm. related to each other in some yeah. way but things like just all the rules which I used to tell myself about Instagram like oh I only post once a day don't post all that often like yeah. don't put hashtags all these like social rules which yeah. kind of carried like a weird stigma growing up they're quite hard to know as well like I found that obviously as a latecomer to the game I'm like watching YouTube videos and shit <laughs> yeah. I have to like what's a hashtag like yeah. how does this actually it's funny that this? we're having this conversation because I feel like it's quite good for someone who grew up using it and yeah. has I, I think I know too much now to be mm -hmm. honest um, versus you yeah last year literally I've, I've only had it since I think, Christmas the year before yeah and kind of just use it but now I'm at a point where I want to use it more professionally for sure. social media to yeah. be less about just having fun and more about you know 
promoting the work that I'm doing to get yeah. more people into it to get more people involved that's interesting you said that because like one of the good things about social media is how many jobs it's created yeah. um, in the marketing field especially mm-hmm. because it's like a whole new form of marketing which didn't yeah. exist before yeah. um, and you know I've you know I've got many friends who have gone into like digital marketing yeah. and that's all really surrounding social media yeah. um, you know YouTube videos Facebook ads mm-hmm. um, stuff it's like created that. a whole industry really that didn't exist before in terms Massively. of like being able to become an influencer is kind of like being a successful YouTuber or something. I mean, you can yeah. take your audience into whatever you do then, yeah. in a sense. It's a ready-made kind of career, but that kind of contributes, I think, to what we were speaking about before, which is the competition for status between people, mm-hmm. particularly for young people, that there is so much success attached in life to being successful on social media that the desire to change yourself to be successful on social media it's almost like a prerequisite for being successful. Yeah, it's just in those areas. It's not the best foot to start off on, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's a lot like like more healthy and original ways for mm-hmm. you to like want to improve yourself yeah. more from just like how you appear to others. Yeah. I think social media in a lot of different ways just highlights a lot of problems that mm-hmm. are deep rooted in the way that society is about mm-hmm. feeling like you need to change yourself to impress other people mm-hmm. social media just provides like a platform on which you share your results because yeah. a lot of people would still do that in person mm-hmm. um a lot of like feelings of just you know comparing yourself to other inadequacy people. inadequacy like low self-worth yeah i mean it gives you a way to compare metrics with people that yeah. didn't really exist like i mean you couldn't quantify yourself in numbers so well yeah i mean human beings are so we're so attuned to social success because a lot of our survival counts on it like you know if you have if you're you don't have friends and family and stuff that you can rely on you're very vulnerable in the sense of we would have been to predators and things when we were evolving but we still have a lot of that same hardware that we're bringing into this unusual situation i think this technology magnifies those insecurities a lot that you need to try and feel like you know, you have to succeed at that game to feel okay about yourself. Yeah, and as sure. you said, comparing yourself to other people is just for sure. It's the it's, worst thing you could do for yourself. It's something that like it happens automatically, like mm. behaviorally within the mind, and yeah. um, like a certain. I think like a certain level of everything that happens is healthy and is mm-hmm. natural. Yeah. You know, to to look at that person and then think about yourself. Yeah, and to see how I mean, we improve from each other as well. So if you see yeah. somebody that's doing something that's better than you, you kind of want to learn from it's, them. You know, and get things better. like motivation and things mm-hmm. that are inspiring. There's a lot of good behind yeah. it. Um, but I think it's just in today's society, which is also so focused on around making you feel bad so that you buy things to that's make you That's really better. the big thing, isn't it? Marketing, the yeah. dark side of marketing, like where they're kind of always preying on your fears and your pain points and this kind of mm-hmm. almost, yeah, there's a a way you can do it where you're just manipulating people's deepest worries yeah for sure and i mean that's kind of what you're taught in marketing it's really weird like i've obviously been reading a lot of marketing lately and stuff Mm -hmm. and there is definitely a good way to do it and a bad way to do it i mean the good way to do it would be don't sell crap that you know is just useless for people or Mm -hmm. to specifically manipulate people's fears i mean if it's if you're solving a problem for people then that's what you market it as and that's fair enough but The problem is some some problems aren't actually solvable for people like anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, being unsatisfied with yourself. There's no product you can buy that's going to make you, you know, yeah. accept yourself and love yourself. But absolutely, oftentimes we're sold these things with that promise mm-hmm. and it's actually just feeds into a cycle of. Yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like um, in terms of like body image and social media, which are two yeah, things that yeah. are like really big. 
a lot of the time you see people who are you know a certain body type and they look really happy and they look really mm-hmm. satisfied and they only show that side of their life on social media which is completely and you fair don't enough. see all the other shit yeah you, you don't on. see all the stuff and that's like absolutely fair enough like you have mm-hmm. no obligation to share your lowest moments on social yeah. media yeah. massive amounts of respect to people that do and kind of just try to break that stigma a little mm-hmm. bit but it's by no means should you feel like you are you, you owe it to, to. people yeah. as well i think it also sells the idea that like if you look a certain way you would be like um a certain level of happiness yeah but for someone who looks like that you know looks like thin and mm-hmm. um couldn't even see it in myself mm-hmm. in the mirror for like the body dysmorphia that i had mm-hmm. um which is basically where you can't see your own reflection yeah. um I had still had a lot of very like days where I was just always dissatisfied with the way I looked Mm -hmm. and then now to be the other end of the spectrum um, Mm -hmm. and still feeling dissatisfied with the way I looked on like a lot of days it just makes me think that you know it really boils it down to the root of the problem Mm -hmm. which is like feeling of dissatisfaction within yourself and no matter what you look like visually if you don't start to heal that wherever it came from from you know childhood trauma whatever then you're never going to get to a place of feeling properly happy and content which is ultimately that's, yeah, the goal yeah jesus that's so true and yeah. because there is it's kind of an infinite you know there's no shortage of changes that you can make you can contort yourself into all sorts of positions you see people who get addicted to plastic surgery and things like that yeah that's kind of a part of that process of always trying to change the way you look to change how you feel Definitely, but yeah i think the better way of doing it, as you just said there is to you know figure out why you feel that way where that information is coming from yeah for sure Um, i think for body image for young girls social media is like an atomic bomb really because it's it's, very difficult it creates a marketplace for competition and for comparing yourself to other women particularly when you're a young girl as well and you have all these other women and it's you know you're creating a really unhealthy standard for them yeah and it's not like that you know you shouldn't like share yourself when you're doing good i think it's just the fact that women are also brought up to be competitive with each other Mm -hmm. Uh, i think like a lot of people are generally but especially with like you always have to like look the best have the best Mm -hmm. outfit be in the best shape yeah and um that kind of feeds that like thing that we've been raised with feeds into the fact that like you automatically start to compare yourself Mm -hmm. whereas that really shouldn't be the case like yeah i always try and like if I try not to compare myself to other people but rather to who I was before yeah so I always do that like where I'm looking at people like other people that would be writers or that would be doing stuff mm-hmm. or that even started on social media at the same time as me and now they have way more followers and I'm like oh, what am I doing wrong what's wrong with <laughs> it's me it's the memes babe you're like why, why is it the memes but I love the memes and you're kind of like trying to you're playing a, a a game that's now you're never going to win it's kind of like a lose-lose because you're comparing yourself to who you imagine somebody else to be for sure so it's always better to look at you know where you've been your lowest points your toughest days and you know how you're getting better at that yeah for For me has been so um is a good rule just i suppose to try and follow definitely yeah but um how for yourself i suppose with experiencing an eating disorder and using social media and stuff how have you used that? I mean, there's a lot of negative stuff on social media for eating source where you have, mm-hmm. you know, communities of anorexic girls that will give each other tips and stuff on yeah. it and kind of... The internet is a, is a dark place. There's dark sides yeah. to it, really. Um, and how have you ever found yourself in any of those communities? Definitely, yeah. When I was um, really struggling back at kind of the start of my eating disorder uh, a good few years ago, mm-hmm. I wasn't—I was never physically anorexic. I was only mm-hmm. ever borderline, although not really—not that, that anyone noticed, including mm-hmm. doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but when I was also bulimic as well and you you google things like oh how do how do I like make this thing easier like make yourself sick easier like loads yeah. of other methods yeah. and the amount of websites that come up which are just yeah. I was I was shocked at the time I was like wow this is mm. here but then because of the mindset I was in I read it all I found it really useful I know it's, it's it scary. provides a terrifying resource doesn't yeah, it yeah for, for sure if you're um, in that mind. But like, look at the polar opposite now where mm -hmm. I'm in a place where I'm like in my recovery and I'm really focusing on that. Mm -hmm. I really changed my whole Instagram feed. So I like muted yep. loads of accounts which were triggering to me at the time. Yep. Even though I didn't want to mute them, even though it really pissed me off that I found it triggering. Yep. I just had to say to myself, you know, like, yes, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that's forever. It's only temporary while you mm -hmm. kind of like narrow in on what you need yep. to work on. So I just created like a really positive place on my social media. I yeah. followed loads of recovery accounts, yeah. just filled it with like basically making it a space where I didn't go on it and feel anxious afterwards, yeah. where I went on it and I felt calm, where I like, like I learned something, where I felt happy mm. for seeing what my friends was doing rather than some random model halfway across the world. Yeah. So That's yeah. amazing. So you kind of took control of it and then used it for to give yourself more positive influences Definitely. rather than yeah. ones that were you know triggering yeah. you and, and that's that's for me is one of the best things about social media is because it's such an educational platform as well mm -hmm. i really hats off to all of the people that you know have anti-racism accounts have mm -hmm. various like mental health accounts all the charities and all the influencers and celebrities who genuinely promote um honest like things that just you know what they want to help so people. you can use it i mean it really does amplify whatever's going on isn't yeah. it it seems like all our technology kind of does that where wherever like with youtube and stuff they say that with the algorithms that like you know if you start watching flat earth stuff you're going to get more flat earth stuff and then you're going to yeah. end up down this rabbit hole and you end up with this kind of social feedback loop whereby For sure you have this kind of burgeoning belief but all the people you're meeting are telling you the same thing over and over and you end yeah, up in this echo like chamber yeah and um, so that's kind of like i think with um eating disorders as well there's obviously that dark side you can end up in like a bad friend group like if you have a bunch of friends that are yeah. destroying themselves and stuff you can end up even like for me i suppose if we were drinking a lot and we were partying and we were all just kind of you know as bad as each other really mm -hmm. um for being destructive so getting yourself out of that situation to people that are actually doing the opposite thing mm -hmm. is a big part i think of any improvement like it can really definitely definitely yeah it changes everything for it's you it's just like being mindful of what you consume as a person like if you mm -hmm. know that the news really makes you anxious person then it's absolutely okay to like turn off like i yeah. you know I think about halfway through the pandemic, I just couldn't hack it anymore. And I haven't, <laughs> yeah. haven't really watched the news consistently <laughs> since. Yeah. yeah, and like that's absolutely okay to yeah. like want to shut off the outside mm. world because the rate at which you consume different forms of media oh, so bad here is is emotions. overwhelming. Like mm. I think one of the main reasons we have a big anxiety and depression epidemic worldwide mm. is linked to social media and the fact that we as a generation are exposed to so much more. You know, like nothing, no stone is left unturned. Like yep. you're all the atrocities that happen you yep. can see that first thing you wake up in the morning and it's not and good for your mental non-stop health. until you go to bed literally and yeah yeah also i mean the way the algorithms work it's kind of a marketing thing like what we were talking about i think human beings are so skewed towards survival that we have a vested interest in knowing what could kill us or what's mm -hmm. dangerous so we respond more to negative content than positive content really and i think marketing preys on that a lot mm -hmm. because it knows that things that really hit a nerve point with people 
that really scare the shit out of them really yeah it's gonna more people are gonna click on it if you see yeah. something like this is the end of days you're like oh okay well for that sure. sounds important so maybe i'll yeah. have a look and there's so much competition i think for people's attention that you can resort to that dirty game of just like yeah clickbaiting people yeah um, clickbait culture is like a massive is a massive yeah. problem where it's like you know you don't want to conform to clickbait culture but then well, in you're some... also competing in this i found exactly. it with articles yeah, like if exactly. i make list articles they're way more popular yeah like because people like lists it's yeah. just like numbered information i but... did notice that, actually i read one of your articles <laughs> and i was like this is a list i love it everybody's like yeah. man i love lists <laughs> <laughs> but i didn't realize and then you're kind of like well is that you know do i want to put it in a list am i just doing it as a list because yeah. people want it is this the best way i found that like mm. even with um how i feel about like my the way i want to look yeah because I, I it's now you're questioning everything when you start to like look at really like who you are and like yeah. what what you feel mm-hmm. and i would be completely awful anyone getting any type of like you know makeup plastic surgery anything like working out anything that alters your appearance yeah. if it makes you happy and you mm-hmm. like the way you looked then you do it for you and that goes yeah. for anything mm-hmm. but then i'm find where i'm stuck in a position where i'm like well do I think that way just because of the way society is or is that just because of what I want to do it's very hard to know isn't it it's so hard you can't tell issue with self-improvement of like why are you improving yourself yeah it's (laughs) like like, it it doesn't even look like where you look like do I meditate because I enjoy it do I meditate just because every other cunt does it I know do I want to journal about it yeah exactly (laughs) then you're just like well where does it end but um, I know it can be very difficult to um sort out motivations for stuff i think in that particular kind of competitive environment an interesting thing that i came across when i was doing some research for this was that in fiji they didn't used to have any eating disorders really and then in the 70s uh, they got tv Mm -hmm. and young girls started developing eating disorders Mm -hmm. because they were watching all this american tv and obviously in fiji they would have they had a big culture around eating and it would have been more like you know the it wouldn't have been like a skinny kind of culture and yeah so and when TV came in, then they started developing eating disorders. So it really? does seem to have something to do with yeah. the um, seeing of other girls and then the yeah. obviously comparing yourself to what's put up as the ideal. Definitely. Like for mm. a long time growing up, I had this like underlying dream that I always like wanted to be a model and like I loved mm-hmm. photography and all yep. of that. And part of me like still nurtures that and, you know, still really enjoys it. Yep. And I feel like I'm definitely at a stage where I'm like, do I want to do modeling and do photography because I love it? Yeah. Or do I want to do it because I love looking good and you love like how people react to you when you look a certain way? That's a really, yeah, that's uh, a big dilemma. I it's, can see it's how that tough. would be hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm turning to more towards the good side every conversation I have about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, just trying to, it's important to like, try to do things for the right reasons and not beat yourself up when yeah. it's not every single time that you did it for the right reason. That's the truth. And sometimes it's very, sometimes it's only doing it for the wrong reason reasons that you figure out that those were the wrong reasons like it's only really from how it occurs i mean you get that with fighting as well like you can fight definitely for the wrong reasons where you're like it's just out of ego or you're just trying to be the big man or whatever or you can go into it where you're testing yourself you're improving and you're competing really to be the best that you can be definitely in that kind of zone yeah but that's just something you kind of i think make peace with yourself it's very hard to um I suppose do it out loud but mm-hmm. it seems like you're definitely going the right way with yeah, it yeah I've, I've taken life by the horns recently and it's yeah. it's it's definitely like put me through the works mm-hmm. um and with like social media relating to that mm-hmm. i have tried to be like as honest as i can because yeah. 
it's it's therapeutic for me to like you know just kind of like challenge myself and putting the, the the days that aren't as good out there yeah i still think there's like only a certain level i feel comfortable going to mm-hmm. and that's completely okay mm-hmm. but like i would used to write like a lot of poetry mm-hmm. and a lot of it used to be like heavy, very heavy and mm-hmm. it used to just sit in my notes folder and like I, yeah. I wouldn't even go back and read it yeah. again and now i share it a little bit more and mm-hmm. i get like a, a really amazing response of people saying like fuck i read this and then like it really hit home and it made me just feel a certain type yeah. of way mm-hmm. and that's really nice to hear because and it motivates me to do it more because that's yeah. the kind of content that I, <clears throat> that I want to consume content yeah. that is like real and mm-hmm. just authentic yeah. You know? yeah yeah I have the same thing there's always this kind of dilemma I suppose when you're talking about uh, your struggles and about mental health and things like that where you're like you're walking a fine line between am I doing this you know just to get attention for things or am I doing it as like a public health thing yeah that people need to do it I always have the same because obviously I share a lot of stuff on the blog and yeah even on this podcast and stuff about my own struggles and things I've gone through and um I always just try and make sure that it's just because to help people really yeah there's a a point to it yeah um, and that people can do that in a way that's honest yeah for sure um and that that really affects me. I know, like, I've read things, like, um, my friend Philly did an article on the website, I'm not sure if you read it, the one, Blessed with the Curse, and that was very similar to a lot of things I would have gone through mm-hmm. growing up in Dublin mm-hmm. in the same kind of circumstances and obviously wouldn't have associated with Philly even knowing him for so long. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it made me think about my own life and where I've been and the highs and the lows and stuff. Yeah. So it can have that positive impact. Definitely, that's one of the things that like compelled me to especially share about um, eating disorders. Because yeah. it's a disorder which, um, once you kind of like realize you have one, mm. like where you should feel no shame, where you should completely point the finger at society and just be kind to yourself, that doesn't happen for most people straight yeah. away. Yeah. For me, I carried so much shame. Like I didn't tell a soul for absolutely mm-hmm. years. I felt so guilty. I felt weak and like unhappy with myself that mm-hmm. I had developed this problem and that now I was stuck and I couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started to share that online, a lot of people came into contact with me. You mm-hmm. know, people who I hardly knew, some people even close friends and a lot of girls as well, which was like the really sad thing. Um, and actually a few boys, which which surprised me because yeah. I always knew it was like a big thing with mm-hmm. boys as well, but just even more taboo. Yeah. Um, and they reached out to me and they just said like, thank you for sharing. like, And they told mm-hmm. me their stories and asking for a bit of advice. And yeah, it was just, that was, because of the shame that com- like comes with eating disorders mm-hmm. I think that's also what compelled me to share because again like when I saw other people sharing yeah. I felt less alone and it helped me to then go and help my own life so, yeah exactly yeah. and it can give you a position where you can be an example to other people yeah definitely it's- I think there's also a thing where like you shouldn't feel obliged to help people yeah. I think like if you feel like oh, I'm going to do this to help people but it's not actually helping yourself mm-hmm. then you always need to put yourself first at the and end sometimes of the day sometimes you can't I mean that's really I've definitely where you start out on a topic about something and you're kind of like how much do I know about this like obviously this is a sensitive topic for people and I'm not a psychologist and I don't presume to know how to treat any of these things or tell people but I do know that if somebody who is grappling with it and has figured out some stuff about it can motivate somebody to do the same yeah that is something that we we definitely have within our power to do yeah um, and to change the the culture about it that's going on yeah, really yeah all you, all you can do is like be real be yourself and like not be 
not be so scared that you might make mistakes to not put yourself out there mm -hmm. because you are guaranteed to make mistakes at some point of course you're yeah. probably guaranteed to like slip up and offend someone mm -hmm. but just so long you can be mature and take responsibility and learn mm -hmm. from your mistakes then yeah. there's absolutely no reason why you should not continue to use that yeah. way to like grow as a person as well yeah. just be mindful too mm -hmm. yeah yeah to be aware of the downsides but also to you know act and do it um mm. how do you think the is there any advice that you'd give to young women to, to minimize the damage of social media, to minimize the... Definitely, yeah. yeah. A few things. So, like, um, so waking up first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. um, just try not to go on your phone straight away. Like, I'm, I literally did that this it's morning. Literally, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm saying all this advice, but so by no means do I practice what I preach at mm -hmm. the moment. I think, you know, kind of this last game. week I've been thinking about social media so much and I really want to take a long time off of it. Yeah. Um, but try not to go on it first thing in the morning try mm -hmm. to just give your brain that i think there's like a certain like way that your brain works in the morning yeah. where like you're more susceptible to consuming stuff mm -hmm. and so what we we're talking about before like when you open social media and see a hundred things in the world that trigger you yeah um then you ruin your day yeah exactly you're just yeah. setting yourself up basically mm -hmm. so try not to go into your phone first thing in the morning and try not to do it at night as well because if you mm -hmm. go to bed with those anxieties yeah it just correlates and that's gonna I know it ruins you. your sleep as well and then if your yeah. sleep is unregulated your mood's gonna be up and down all exactly. over the place so yeah so just try to like limit it to you know in the daytime mm -hmm. try not to go on it as much um mm -hmm. those are kind of like you know just not using it as much as a pretty obvious one even yep. though it's much easier said than done oh man because it's... of the algorithm and the way it's so <laughs> yeah. addictive <laughs> yeah i struggle with it the same way and then i suppose control Controlling your community and what yeah. you see and yeah, what the people you before. interact with. Yeah, like don't be afraid to meet accounts. Don't be afraid to yeah. even meet your friends. Like you don't, yeah. they don't know that you're not seeing their content. If yeah. you don't want to unfollow them for the fact that they might, you know, be upset, mm -hmm. which is another thing. Like if you don't follow people on social media for some reason, that correlates into normal life and you you hate each other. Yeah, you're happy like, beef now. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, I've had people who I've like unfollowed people before and they message me like is everything okay between us and you know it would have been a friend that like i'd hardly spoken to and yeah. i would have just been thinking i need to purge my instagram i'm just seeing yeah. too much stuff mm -hmm. and um it was really nice to people for people to know that people like were thinking of me yeah. and had that had noticed even though mm -hmm. i was kind of like why did you how yeah. did you notice how have you been paying yeah, attention but there's, like, there's apps and stuff where like it tells oh, you oh you can see who yeah like you. yeah okay. it tracks i'm not gonna it. get one of them because that'll just be another thing to stare at and be unhappy about yeah for sure God, um so yeah so like clean up your socials mm -hmm. um just make it like a space where it is just calm and enjoyable and creative yeah. and makes you feel good rather than the latter which makes you feel you know nice. yeah the praise on your insecurities Definitely. Really. And yeah. especially if you're in that vulnerable state like it's something it's such good advice as well tuning out of the news like if you're a person who's prone to negative emotion to anxiety yeah. and depression and stuff the news is just like pouring petrol on a fire yeah for much, sure especially at this time i think like another thing would be because we because we're in an age now where we're all starting to clock on to how much social media does affect our mental health yeah don't feel guilty for using social media which mm -hmm. is like kind of you know you don't guilt trip yourself into mm -hmm. doing something less because it's not really like a healthy way to do it could become like, like eating junk food or something where you're yeah. kind of scolding yourself about yeah like if you like want to post a photo then post a photo you know mm -hmm. like use it in a mindful way where yeah. like you do things you enjoy and 
you're not like overthinking and guilt tripping yourself for just like kind of using it at all because I think that in itself just puts more negative energy around it and mm-hmm. like all we're trying to do is make it a better place really. yeah that's totally I, I think about that a lot with food and stuff as well where I'm kind of like when I'm obviously training for a fight like I have to eat really carefully and I can't you know eat too much I gotta lose loads of weight and you gotta yeah. be like to the letter and stuff but you can be very punishing of yourself then and very like you yeah. know really almost like a dictator with yourself which yeah. isn't isn't good for you either so like if you do stuff like that and you do use it to be forgiving of yourself and go you know this is I'm a human being okay I'll I've factored it into my equation and yeah. I can get away with this or I can do this and yeah you know, just being mindful just yeah. knowing like small things aren't going to have a huge impact and mm-hmm. um just not letting being a perfectionist yeah. which is like such like we're brought up in a culture of like perfectionist perfectionism yeah. it's definitely something that's and with eating disorders as far as I understood it, it's very much a it's something that happens from like too much conscience it's yeah. like you're guilting yourself about everything yeah I think there's a lot of like types of people who are more prone to getting eating disorders yeah. obviously people that kind of maybe were brought up with feelings of low self-worth I definitely remember like as a kid bless my parents you know I love them to pieces but mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of times where I was compared to my siblings compared to mm-hmm. my friends told that I was chubby and that mm-hmm. I was like a fat and I have memories of all of this growing mm-hmm. up and um, it just like when you get into the adult world uh, we get into like adolescence yeah. and you still have those feelings of just like insecurities mm-hmm. then of course like you're prone to like picking stuff like that up and also people who have like anxiety and mm-hmm. especially like high functioning anxiety like yeah. um, you know like different like forms of OCD like everything's yeah. going to be perfect I think in terms of I'm big into uh, personality neuroscience at the moment which is Ooh. like the big five um, personality scale so for people with eating disorders it seems to be that they're quite high in orderliness mm-hmm. and conscientiousness yeah definitely so it's super self-aware like, yeah super so there's self-aware. um there seems to be a personality dimension to it as well that makes you more vulnerable to it yeah if you're more of an orderly person but it is I mean I suppose you yourself know it's something that you can get through and that there are people absolutely. that support you yeah. to get out the other side absolutely like um if I had to like say a few things to to people who have an eating disorder mm-hmm. um things to like remember is like it's not your fault number one mm-hmm. like never ever blame yourself for the things that you struggle with you mm-hmm. didn't like choose this like intentionally and number two recovery is always possible there is always a way around it your recovery will look completely different to everyone else's um or maybe it looks the same but just don't compare your recovery process to the people around you because then again you're just setting yourself up to like with the anxiety of overthinking about things Mm -hmm. um number three like seek out help whether it is a charity if you go to the doctors um, and they turn you down which is very likely because the doctors really only take you seriously if you're underweight mm-hmm. and only six percent of people with eating disorders are underweight mm-hmm. um, they might take you a little bit more seriously if you have certain certain things certain categories of eating disorders but mm-hmm. overall um, don't be disheartened if your doctor turns you down mm-hmm. go and speak to a charity there's, other there's plentiful charities yeah. yeah beat charities national eating disorders association mm-hmm. there's a lot of local ones in a lot of areas yeah. as well yeah. and they will be able to help you genuinely mm-hmm. and really advise you on what you should do yeah. um and if you're not ready to speak to people or like you know mm-hmm. just open up as well because it's a very scary thing to open up about yeah um, of course you're having some serious conflicting feelings and like definitely. you're really 
especially at that age as well where if you're a young girl and you're kind of you know just going through puberty and you're like yeah. 11 12 years old it's going to be a difficult time for you yeah like, so. definitely i looking back now i had no idea how much it was affecting my relationships i ended two relationships mm -hmm. partly because of feelings of about myself and it all links back to this eating disorder mm -hmm. and the eating disorder fundamentally links back to my feelings of low self-worth so mm -hmm. it's it can be a long process to recover it can yeah. be really short but um you're gonna get there basically yeah, yeah never to value up. yourself yeah absolutely so important and don't beat yourself up when you know you find yourself having tough days because you're literally you're not just challenging this thing within you you're mm -hmm. challenging a whole society's way of thinking mm -hmm. um and it's it's really tough because a lot of the time your friends and your family they're not developing their thinking like you are you know mm -hmm. they fit the status quo like they don't have any reason to think about mm -hmm challenging the way things are mm -hmm. um and it can be really difficult when people around you are not in the same headspace but just to keep going basically because mm -hmm. any any hurdle that you come across you're going to be able to overcome in one way or another yeah jeez that's definitely a powerful message for any young girls that are listening to it for and sure I young girls ask and young boys for young sure. and young boys that are yeah. struggling from the same um i want to ask you about intuitive eating as well Ooh, yes which I thought was very interesting um, as a method of kind of uh, retraining your relationship to food. I mean, I think yeah. all of us have terribly unhealthy relationships to food. Yeah, it's just another coping are, mechanism. It right? is, uh, oh man, like, I think the worse I feel, the more I want to eat, like Domino's pizza or like, yeah. use it as a way of medicating. Yeah, and emotional um, emotional eating isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like food, yeah. is, food is made to be enjoyed. Like if you feel a mm -hmm. bit down and go and get an, a, your favorite donut is gonna cheer you up don't mm -hmm. feel guilty about that like yeah. obviously everything in moderation be mindful mm -hmm. there's a big difference between binging to cover up your feelings and to you know as a coping mechanism mm -hmm. to having a takeout with your friends when um, it becomes kind of like a self-soothing method that yeah. gets kind of out of control and you're doing it then every time you feel bad and it yeah. becomes more of a if it does habit. more if it does more harm than good then yeah. definitely like and especially if you don't want to do it as well it can be very difficult when you have these competing desires in yourself and yeah. those kind of desires that are um really strong kind of one track mind like where it's like do this like smoking or yeah. pornography or anything like that that's really that dopamine system that drives it is definitely um it's not literally you it's something that actually acts on you yeah so it like, can be um good to kind of separate yourself from it yeah definitely control. i think like um if you have like, an addictive personality, uh, food can mm. become like a big thing within that. I'd never thought I did have one. And then as I started to reflect, I was like, you got your first tattoo um, like about two years ago and it's been like one and a half years and now you have 20 tattoos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and then like you go to piercings. I'm the same. I still like, haven't gotten one yet. But yeah, I'm it? an adrenaline <laughs> junkie. Like people can't see at home, but I shaved yeah. my head <laughs> the other day, which, yeah. you know, yeah. I just, I get bored easily. Yeah. And food and social media and things like that. Are I think you have that way. kind of personality. I'm exactly the same way. I have to just try and get myself addicted to good things rather yeah. than bad things. I've just kind of accepted that. Yeah. It's impossible for me not to be addicted to stuff, but yeah. just to try and get addicted to the right that's shit. A, that's like, a good way to look at it, for sure. Yeah, I used to be than, like addicted to exercise, which yeah. also can have its downfalls. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to be over-exercising. Mm -hmm. But um, at the moment, I'm like just addicted to my phone. Which, yeah, uh, I was definitely addicted to cans with the lads. Cans with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> Two-day rollovers, which yeah. were not so healthy. But, but 
Uh, anyway, intuitive eating, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Intuitive eating is basically just as you said, it's learning to listen to your body again and learning what your natural signals are and just yeah. building a trusting relationship mm-hmm. with what your body is saying to you. Yeah. And if you've been going through diet culture um, and many, making any alteration from whatever age, because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time you grow up with mums having eating disorders from that yeah. they never like addressed when they were younger yeah, maybe even unknowingly and then it, it feeds into you straight from a young age yeah. and um that's that's a scary situation to be in um but it's yeah basically it's just building that trusting relationship again with your body mm-hmm. and uh, whether that's what you eat and listening to your cravings uh, when you eat what time um how much you eat you know learning what your hunger signals that's really are because you have that kind of like if you're in a situation where you're punishing yourself a lot for what you're doing and stuff, yeah. you have that obviously like inner voice in you that's kind of like the conscience that's like, don't do that, don't do this, you know, yeah. you, sh- you should do that. But then you have these other desires and you're kind of trying to negotiate between those. So yeah. would you say you're more coming away from the critical conscience voice and just kind of listen to the other ones? Yeah, definitely. And it's mm. it's extremely hard when you, yeah, you've been, like, I think I've been, I've had problems with food uh, for about five years yeah. um, and I've, I've always like I've gone through waves of you know learning how to eat intuitively and mm-hmm. uh, I've made a lot of progress and then sometimes you know like last last year I relapsed pretty hard mm-hmm. where I started to listen to diet culture again um, mm-hmm. and uh, you just like things affect you differently in your life like you yeah. might fully recover and then you might relapse 20 years later because something happened mm-hmm. um, and I think accepting the fact that yeah you know it's a hard one with food as well because I mean if you're addicted to alcohol you quit yes. drinking but you can't quit food you can't abstain you need it to survive yeah a quote from one of my own poems food is the hardest drug to quit you can't <laughs> yeah. abstain your body needs it yeah MC. exactly well <laughs> yeah. um, um, because it yeah it's I mean it's fundamental so yeah. having a healthy relationship to it is like it's it's a lot of work it's, it's exactly. the toughest relationship you'll ever Big work job. on in your life yeah um and it can be extremely challenging so like for mm-hmm. so long small example i never used to eat breakfast i would say yeah. okay i'm intermittent fasting i don't even have an appetite in the morning yeah. and it was kind of true like i conditioned myself mm-hmm. not to have an appetite in the morning yeah. mainly because i would eat the majority of my food later in the day and then i'd get to the evening and that lower part of your brain uh, if you suffer with like binge eating disorder yeah um, it's the lower part of your brain which has suffered from restriction mm-hmm. and all these food rules which then kicks in and it just basically yeah. goes like eat yeah. and it doesn't matter like sometimes mm-hmm. what you're eating like how much you're eating it just like goes into eat mode and then yeah. you can't it's really hard to control yeah and yeah. the lower part of the brain is the one that's related to basically our human nature so that would be like the subcortical system so you'd have like yeah, the you know amygdala the and the <laughs> oh, okay well, that's kind of it's <laughs> Mr. Where, brain over yeah, here <laughs> I've been reading a lot about the brain lately actually but um that's kind of where that's our reptilian brain so that's like what we evolved with millions of years reptilian, ago reptilian like reptilian, reptiles from reptiles like from when we well, were reptiles you mean i was like a dinosaur you were like some sort of crocodile at some Mad. point <laughs> and, yeah. and then like a fish before um, cool. but then your mammalian brain is built on top of that and yeah. then the prefrontal cortex is on top of that again so you kind of have actually three brains wow and all the motivations and emotions come from the lower part of the brain mm-hmm. which is the the subcortical ones that's where all your negative emotions and positive emotions mm-hmm. are and they really direct what you do like it's very hard to do things that aren't emotionally engaging I yeah mean, anybody that tries to study knows that yeah it gets fucking boring pretty quick For so sure. 
yeah. it dictates so much of our action that makes um, sense because I definitely feel like when like I'm about to binge or like I'm in the midst of one I feel like I have this conscious part of yeah. my brain which is like like the good angel you know mm. and it's like like oh just stop let's just stop it's fine just stop yeah. like you don't need this blah, blah, blah. and then yeah. the other half is just going like shut the fuck up Do it. we're Do doing it. this let's go. this is a good idea this, this is, is fine that's so funny it's exactly the same like what I was talking about with like sub personality so the way I've been thinking about it, obviously because I've quit pornography for the last while oh yeah and that's a big like you know it shows up every now and again it's like come on we're not doing anything yeah, but yeah. What, what that is is a dopaminergic um, it's a dopamine feedback that you've built basically mm-hmm. so every time you engage in that you get a hit of dopamine mm-hmm. but your body gets trained like one of Pavlov's dogs that when you do this you get dopamine so it builds up this system and you anticipate it so you'll get like salivating you'll get that feeling of being like you'll anticipate a reward Mm -hmm. and that's what drives you to actually do it yeah and the more times you do it the stronger that loop actually gets yeah for sure but what that's actually like is it's like a cyclops with just like one eye that only wants one thing yeah but it's not literally you so you're kind of the angel voice the other one that can reflect on it and can go okay you're like kind of like a dog that just wants one thing mm-hmm. but you can discipline it as well and be mm-hmm. like okay we're gonna do this but we'll do it this way or we're not gonna do this like yeah. all the time i spend being like no i'm not yeah. gonna do this i know you want to do this but yeah i'm not going down that road with you yeah that sounds like um there's a book called the chimp paradox mm-hmm. and uh that book is basically talking about how like you have um a thing called a monkey mind yeah and your monkey mind mm-hmm. is that like that lower level of the brain it's yeah. all the stuff which is like instinctive yeah. and reactive and yeah. emotional and it's a really really good book and mm. it um I'm talking about it like I've read it. I've listened to the first hour of the, the <laughs> yeah. audio book, but uh, I, I was like, you got the idea though. Yeah, and it's already blown my mind. You know, yeah. so it basically talks about how like you um, are able to um, manage that monkey mind yeah. and help it like progress. Competing with those desires is very difficult, especially when there's so many things. I mean, that's what marketing does: is it it distracts your rational brain your prefrontal cortex and tries to engage those lower emotional systems so you don't think Mm -hmm. rationally yeah that's like the whole point of advertising that's why advertisements are like stories are like yeah they're not like rational like it's just like this it's it's really tough because like i definitely think the consumerism society that we have Mm -hmm. is what's really damaging the world in a lot of ways at the moment and mm-hmm. uh, social media is just such a fueler for that. Like I buy that stupid impulsivity, shit. Yeah. Also, I buy mm. like I think the thing I spend the most money on mm-hmm. is stuff like fitness shit, which I just end up not using. I, I bought a weighted books, hula hoop. Like a junkie. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you've like, seen the have you? I bought yeah, a weighted hula hoop. hoop. Oh my yeah. god, I've used it three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bought a Pilates ball. I've used it twice. Yeah, <laughs> just nice to roll around. Yeah. Now, so. I bought weighted ankle weights. I've never used them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking That's about it now. It's a topic though that I've really. I've been quitting stuff for the last while. Really, a lot of what I've done, like quitting booze for six months. Yeah, quitting smoking. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about you know what it is that pushes you to do those things Mm -hmm. and the feeling you get from not acting on it is really bad like it's really it's never feels that nice you're very like you just have to kind of sit there with the emptiness and with the discomfort yeah it's a tough one you kind of realize how much i just realized how much i've been distracting myself for years for like my whole life yeah every time i felt uncomfortable i've just used something to escape yeah same and you just end up with all these vices that are just like clinging on to you like computer viruses or something yeah for sure are very hard to unwind and it feels bad for a while but 
there is another side to it i mean you can get past it and absolutely it's, it's just about um, reinstilling those like cool messages of being kind to yourself and mm -hmm. like your worth doesn't you know nothing that you do in your life values your worth mm -hmm. like your worth doesn't change with mm -hmm. you know how many degrees you have how mm -hmm. many like the number on the scale and things like that yeah and i definitely like notice if i've had like a rough few days or a rough rough a rough mm -hmm. a rough week that those things i haven't worked on them i, ha yeah. I planted those seeds and they're yeah. there an, an analogy i love using um but if you don't like continuously water those seeds yeah. and if you don't look after them mm. they're not going to grow and it's not going to change your life overall yeah, yeah um so it seems like a know. change in values really from a, a place where you really don't value yourself where yeah, you really want to change yourself yeah. to a place where you say you know i'm all right and i'm somebody that has value and should be yeah I should be treated as such I shouldn't just be you know punished yeah. all the time like it's it's a really difficult thing especially with mm. eating disorders to step away from the fact that your weight has value over you because yeah. I remember like like kind of summer 2019 probably the happiest I've ever been in my life mm. um, I'd really made a lot of progress um, I didn't really have many symptoms of my eating disorder or it was still there underlying but mm. generally I was like very happy and I'd done a lot of work leading up to that on myself you know planting all these seeds and then I went traveling and I was doing other stuff and uh, then I came back and it was like going into winter and I just mm -hmm. hadn't been looking after myself in the right way mm -hmm. uh, something whatever something changed and then lockdown came in and it was like summer 2020 mm -hmm. and I remember like feeling so um, hardest time in my life I've ever had mm -hmm. feeling so sad that I had I took a step I felt like I'd taken a step backwards basically because mm -hmm. I remember that person that I was and I was like how did I believe all this stuff you know and feel so good in myself to get to this point here where I wake up in the morning and I don't want to be awake yeah. and I think that when like when I hit rock bottom for me mm -hmm. just like knowing that I could get back to that place um and just you know just keep going every day like even if it's the shittest day just the, the fact that you wake up the next day and you've got an opportunity to try again and uh, yeah. no matter how much you do just trying to be kind to yourself that's like definitely was a big thing for me for sure yeah yeah well thank you very much Yaz that's okay that has been powerful no no worries I know that will help a lot of people no worries at all so appreciate it yeah thank you for having me that was an interview with Yaz Matthews, and you can find Yaz on Instagram at Y-A-Z-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S, and you should also subscribe to our YouTube channel under the same name. If you enjoy the content and the podcast and want to support us, there's a link to a Buy Me A Coffee page below. If you want to kick in a couple of bucks, it'd be appreciated. But